Hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll chat with a friend whom I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8:28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll share writing and publishing questions from our listeners. However, once in a while, I'll offer bonus content, a special interview that's out of the norm for the format of our show, and today is one of those days. So let's get started. Welcome to the All Things Podcast, another uh, bonus content episode where we are talking about the whole issue of racial injustice. And I have today with me a long, long, long time <laughs> writing friend, uh, Sharon Norris Elliott. So uh, Sharon, before I give you a proper introduction, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Yes, it's great to have you. So let me, for those of you who have never met Sharon before, I'm going to give you, give her a proper introduction and because uh, she is a wealth of knowledge and wisdom in so many areas. Um, live significantly. That's the inspiring message of Sharon Norris Elliott, award-winning author popular speaker, astute Bible teacher, and founder CEO of Life That Matters Ministries, and Authorize Me. She encourages everyone who will listen to live a life that matters. Some of her 12 published titles are A Woman God Can Bless, which is due to launch in fall of this year, 366 Glimpses of God Getting to Know the God Who Knows You, why I Get Into Trouble. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, Boomerangs to Arrows, A Godly Guide for Launching Young Adult Children, and Power Suit, The Armor of God Fit for the Feminine Frame. You can discover more books and her devotional blog at her ministry website, lifethatmatters.net. She is amazed at how God's goodness has brought her from being straight out of Compton <laughs> to Southern California, kind of rough neighborhood, right? Straight out of Compton to standing before great people and audiences. Her dedication to teaching and learning is seen in her life's works. She is cum laude, a graduate of Biola University, took classes at Gateway Theological Seminary, and has been conferred with an honorary Doctor of Divinity degree from HSBN School of International Ministry. She is member of ACE, Association of Christian Editors, has been a board member of ASA, Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, a faculty member at CLASS. I think that's where I first met you, Sharon. <laughs> Christian Leaders, Authors, and Speaker Services. Her newest venture finds her as a religious broadcaster hosting from her own show, Life That Matters with Sharon Norris Elliott, and a women's roundtable show, A View from the Upper Room on the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network, 
and the Christian Women's Word Network. Both shows are also available Facebook Live and Spotify. Under the Life That Matters Ministries umbrella are her two companies, women who joined Sharon on one of her Milk and Honey Life Retreats, enjoy a Christian spa retreat and spiritual experience to rival any other girls, get away for both fun and faith enhancement. Sharon also instructs Christian authors, encouraging them toward excellence in the business. That's why I like her. <laughs> <laughs> to that end, as a self-titled conference junkie, she enjoys teaching at major Christian writers conferences nationwide. We have been on faculty together many times. Many times. Yes, and through her Authorize Me consulting, coaching, and editing firm, she edits others' work, mentors up-and-coming writers and speakers, coaches writers as they draft their manuscripts, and conducts hands-on seminars personally assisting attendees toward their publishing goals. The latest exciting growth of her Authorize Me brand includes her new move to now function as a literary agent. Woo! How did I miss that, Sharon? Woo! Congratulations. Thank you. She is adding to her 35-year career as an English teacher at Orange Lutheran High School in Southern California. Um, she and her husband, James, attend Christ Second Baptist Church in Long Beach, California. They enjoy their empty nest, traveling and visiting their children and grandchildren. So you can see Sharon to obtain copies of her books. Sign on to add your name and women's group to the Women God Can Bless Revolution. Expect express interest in participating in a Milk and Honey Life Retreat to invite her to speak at your next event or to become one of her clients as you take your next step toward your publishing goals. And that website would be? Lifethatmatters.net. All right, all right, <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Well, now that's Sharon. a lot of gravy for a small potato, okay? okay. <laughs> but that gravy tastes good. <laughs> we so, will, so thank you so much, um, Athena. Uh, we have gone back uh, a long way and you have helped me so much in, in moving forward um, just in this business as well. So this is, this is a fun time, you know, to get together and talk. It's a hard time in yep. our culture. Yep. Um, and the, the discussion that we're having is, is tough. So let's get into it so we can have time. You, you weren't supposed to read that whole that whole thing that was that's all right well, you're spending anyway. your time with us i wanted to give you a little spotlight so people know who you are and what you do well i appreciate it i appreciate it um your 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 verse that that even your whole deal right is built on that all things work together uh for for good for those who are the called many yep. times we leave that that out it's not for not, everyone. Not just those who are called, hello, you know, but those who are the called. Yeah. According. Um, so I see you and and many other people that God have has put on this planet and then especially in this publishing industry to be people who have been part of how God has worked things together mm. for the good for me. Mm. Um, and it's very interesting as as here we are talking about racial issues right there's been a bunch of white people <laughs> yeah. who have poured in you know of course to, to my life um but it hasn't always been that way mm. um we all know the the 
shameful history um, of our country as it, as it involves black people. And we're talking about, we're not talking about people of color. I would like to get that upfront. This is not people of color. These are American descendants of slaves who we are talking about, black people, right? right? So rather than POC, people of color, I think it's, it's a That's better, politically correct term, right? That Right, but people kind of, of color, it. right, includes everybody who's not white. Okay, okay, okay. that's and good. So, right, so when we're talking about uh, Black Lives Mattering and that kind of thing, what we are discussing is ADOS people, American descendants of slaves. Okay. okay. We have a very specific, um, we have very specific issues. <laughs> right, okay. right. With America, with the Constitution, with um, systemic racism. Right. Racism that has been taught and bred mm -hmm. into the culture has not been bred into the culture for every person of color. It's been bred into the culture for ADOS people. Mm. Okay. And even into the church. Yes. Might I say. Because, for example, I just thought of this, and, and I knew this was just going to be a conversation. Okay. Yep. <laughs> no outline. Um, I go to Christ's Second Baptist Church okay. in Long Beach. Second Baptist Church. In almost every city that you go to so now you and your your readers or your listeners are going to check this out almost every city that you go to the first baptist church is the white folks church <laughs> i cannot believe that because they didn't allow us to have a first so so you had to be baptist, a second second baptist is the black church <laughs> check it out <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i had no clue how inbred this thing is yeah right um that's shameful oh it's 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 horrendous. like unholy <laughs> sinful right um but yeah here we are um so the the difference between this church and that church i just think that's incredibly crazy um anyway yeah. but when we talk about the black church in, in America, um, once slavery was over, and of course, plantation Jesus is not who Jesus is. Right. Right. Slaves were taught that plantation Jesus wanted them to be in that system and, and all of that. And the thing, the, one of the first things I think that is just amazing about my ancestors is that they saw through that. Mm. Okay. And once, once allowed to learn to read in English, all right, now remember black people, black people knew Jesus in Africa as well. So that's a whole nother history, right? Mm -hmm. um, but to, to look at the Bible and read the Bible was not to, was not to come away with plantation Jesus. It was to come away with the Jesus of heaven. Right. All right. And no matter what um, America has taken ADOS people through, one thing that has been amazing to me about my ancestors is that we have never blamed God for it. Mm. That's and powerful. That is, 
And that is why the strength of the black man and the black woman remains mm. today. Um, so let's start with that. <laughs> as, far as, as far as the church, I was brought up in church. My dad was a non-denominational pastor. So all I have ever known is God, the church, you know, I've always loved him. I've always, you know, worship. Now, have I always been perfect? No. All right. But he's always been perfect to me. Yep. And so um, we can, I guess, preach, but I won't. Okay. Social injustice. You wanted to talk about social injustice um, in the church. Um, I like to bring up, okay, I was born in 1957. Okay. You could do the math. But, um, and in California. Right. So I did not experience, um, you know, the signs on the water fountains and right. things of that nature. I could always, you know, eat. We could always eat anywhere in a restaurant. You know, nothing like that was a part of my experience other than watching it on television. Right. Okay. Right. And um, I remember the day that Dr. King was assassinated. I was in the fifth grade and our teachers, all of, I went to a black school. I lived in Compton. So most of the kids in school were either black or Hispanic, mostly black in that, in that day. And so a lot of our teachers were black as well. And everyone was crying and, you know, and all of this. And they took us in the um, multipurpose room and had us watch film strips. I don't know if you remember film strips <laughs> in the school. Um, about all that was going on. And that was kind of an awakening, I think, for me. Um, it didn't make that big of an impression on me, though, because in our denomination, in the, um, the denomination I was in, which was the National Council of Community Churches, this was the first national um, denomination where the white section and the black section merged. Um, and my dad was very instrumental in helping to make that happen. Mm. And he wrote his doctoral thesis even on that merging. Wow. And so every summer we would go to conference at, for the um, Council of Community Churches and we would mix with white folks, you know, white folks and black folks. And it was a big deal. It was like that was one of the big reasons we were together. Right, right. Right, to mix. Um, so that was an introduction to just the racial stuff, like in my life. Um, but then in high school, I was an honor student in high school. I had a white counselor who told me as a senior that I might as well not apply to four-year universities because wow. I had gone to public school and you think you're ready, but you're not ready. And well, excuse me. <laughs> so was she kind of like not coming right out and saying, oh, no. I, you know, it, this, this is because you're black. She was like waltzing around it and making all sorts of other excuses or. Yeah, she, well, she was saying that you're not, you're not going to be ready. So don't even try. <laughs> now for me, I, maybe. Hey, you're a go-getter. You, you're. <laughs> I'm going to say, Athena, have you met me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. And my parents were college graduates, right? And so, okay, so I applied to five universities. Um, I applied to USC, Stanford, 
uh, Spelman, which is an HBCU, um, Dartmouth, and Vassar. And I was accepted to all of them and took my letters in to her desk. Good for you. (laughs) To say, I just haven't decided yet. So anyway, that was kind of my first in my face, right? You, you're not. Because of your color, this is my opinion. Exactly. Wow. Then um, I got to college. I got, I went to USC uh, first and got hit in the face again. Now, Remember, it's 1975 now, mm-hmm. all right? We have overcome. That's what I thought, right? oops. And, oops, I got to USC and went to Rush Week because I wanted to be in a sorority. And all of the sororities, but two on the campus, um, there were such a thing as white sororities and black sororities. And... I was like, when I went to Rush, all of the white sororities were represented. So no one was answering my questions or what have you. And of course I started making friends, you know, at school, we'd been in school maybe a week or two. And I asked some questions and found out that I could not, I, I could not rush those white sororities. They told me their mothers would not pay for their houses um, if they would accept black girls um in and this is what college again this was usc usc this is not the south this is no no this is california California. this is california okay um so you know me Mm -hmm. you know i just i kept going i transferred i went to usc for two years transferred to biola because i really wanted the bible emphasis Right. Right. I'm still on a white campus. Right. But it's Biola. Mm -hmm. There were maybe 40 black students at Biola when I was there. My son, my oldest son went to Biola also. Of course, now low these many years later, there were maybe about 40 black students. (laughs) And what is that? What's their enrollment normally? Oh, we're, we're talking two, three, four thousand. Wow. It's a lot. So one percent. Yeah, it's a lot. Holy okay. camoly. Anyway. All right. <laughs> you know, in, in how 30 years, whatever it was, you know, are we are we getting better? Um transfer my story into publishing. I'm now in in I'm writing, you know, my first published book was with you, Athena. Yeah. It's still in print. That's right. right. Yes. <laughs> okay. What? Teenagers in the Bible? Okay. So that's still out there. Um, but I remember going to writers' conferences and talking about my books in the early days mm-hmm. and having people say to me, Oh, yes, we have a black imprint. Huh? What? What does what that what does that have to do with me? Right. You know, what that said to me was, we have a little compartment over here for you, but all of the publishing world that you have been, you have been reading books and you have been, you know, now coming to conferences to be a part of, all of that is really not yours. This little piece over here, we're going to kind of do. 
for kind you. Of, kind of. <laughs> kind of do for you. And so I began, of course, because now I'm already on faculties and things like right. that. Please sit me on a panel. You know, <laughs> every time you get a chance, sit me on a panel because I don't write black books. I don't even know what a black Christian book is. I write Christian books. Right. Right. I just happen to be black, but I write Christian books. And so I just as a church, because the Christian publishing world is part of the church. Mm -hmm. As a church, what we need to do is start thinking of ourselves as Christian people. Right. Okay. And as Christian people, um, Hebrews 10.24, that's supposed to be my thought to ponder at the end, but let us consider one another, right? Yeah. In order to stir up love and good works. Mm. Okay. The, the point is for us to be on this team. That's what I understood about the publishing world when I first became a part of it, right? My first writer's conference, at the end, I was just shocked, first of all, to realize that I was a writer. Second of all, to realize all these people were here training their competition. Right, right. And that doesn't even make sense. Right. Unless you're all on the same team. Right. Um, but are you on the same team? And so that's where um, that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Okay. Um, why has it been almost 30 years of work that I've been putting in and the level of work that I've been putting in? Right. And things are not further along, say for me, you know, I don't know. God had, God has it all worked out. I know, I know a lot of stuff now, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I see God opening doors. Um, by the way, you can be one of the first in the industry to know that I have retired from teaching Woo! and I am now full-time full-time editing and editing and you know working in this business um all of the I'm here I'm sitting here now writing um the 12 courses that are going to be the courses that I'm going to teach through my authorize me right to take you all the way from idea to manuscript to masterpiece right and at the end of these 12 classes we're actually going to submit your work Nice. Um, yeah, so, you so, know that. <laughs> okay, well, I'm privileged to be one of the first to know about that. That's right. Awesome. You're making a scoop, Athena. Hey. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the question I have for you. Um, what do you want your white sisters to know? Like, we've had, you know, uh, in all my conversations, on this topic, we've talked about stupid stuff that we say that is insulting, <laughs> offensive, yes. you know, um, you people, or you know, there's just, and yes. we don't even know, we don't even realize we're doing it. Right. And so I want us to be eyes wide open, aware, how, how can we keep from mm -hmm. doing that? Okay, um, several things. First of all, realize that you do see color. 
Well, yep. people say, oh, I don't see color. Yes, you do. Well, you you'd be blind if you didn't. You wouldn't have even said that phrase to me. Right, right. <laughs> okay, so yes, yes, you do. Right, yes, we do, we do. Um, so if, say, we want to, if we want to say something like that person means, which isn't that they're blind, but that they see your heart and they love you as a sister and all that good stuff, then just say, I appreciate, I appreciate you and I appreciate color. You're beautiful. You're different than me. If, I appreciate it. I celebrate that. I would say if that's the conversation. Right. Right. <laughs> if it's not the conversation. Then don't say it. Just love me. If you love me, just love me. You're not loving me because I'm black or because you don't see. Ooh, good. It's not even a part. Just do it. Right. right. Just live it out. Right. Um, oh, that, let me, please don't let this thought go. There was a, there was a thought that had just come up. Okay. I don't see color. That was one of them. Um, oh, shoot. Ah. Uh, uh, okay, it'll come back. It'll come back. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> um, all lives matter. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> right? Stop yes. it. That's not the conversation we're having. That's right. not the conversation. That's like going to a cancer walk, you know, and saying, but multiple sclerosis matter. Okay, we know that, but we're marching for cancer today. Right, right. <laughs> okay. And black, um, the Black Lives Matter movement um, is not, I'm not necessarily in, I, in, I'm not involved in the movement. Right, right. And, and neither I, are we. Okay. But, it's, but, we, but we can say that Black Lives right. Matter. But my life, the lives of my sons, the lives of ADOS people everywhere matters. Right. And the reason why people is not just ADOS people, right? The reason why people are marching is because finally someone is looking again at the historical um, problems that have been set up, right? Right. Um, and, and a, I think my, my white sisters can, can get educated. First of all. Yep. Um, can believe what they finally hear. Um, so, I worked, so if they're going to get educated, would you mm -hmm. say, what, what would they Google to, to get what they need to know? Or, or um, better just sit down with a black sister and say, educate me. That's, I think that's number one, because when we can touch each other, when we can talk, um, even though we can't touch each other, you know, we're in mass and blah, blah, blah. We can do this, right, right, right. with each other um, and actually listen to what's being said without making another excuse. You know, for example, but that wasn't me. You know, that was, that might have been ancestors, but that wasn't me. Don't, stop talking. Don't minimize, <laughs> don't minimize it. Exactly. And, and also don't start a conversation telling me what you want me to say. Ooh. Right. For example, I was in a, I was on a Zoom meeting about race or what have you. And before any of the black people said anything, one of the white ladies said, now, what I want to hear is what I can do. 
I don't want to hear, I really, you know, all the stuff that's been done, you know, that's not where we are. Wait a minute, maybe I need to rehearse for you <laughs> all the things that have been done. Right. Because by you telling me what you want to hear, what that is doing is telling me what I can't say. Which is saying, I'm white and I'm more important than you and your story. Privilege. Hello. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. Exactly. So um, I think that's a big one. Um, read some books. There's some good you know, books that are out there lately. Um, Can you make a recommendation? Um, there's one that's been huge. I haven't gotten to read it all yet, but I know a lot of people are reading it. That's called White Fragility, Fragility, like mm -hmm. how fragile, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but on my little paper here, I don't have the author. But well, if you- Yeah, the title's enough. Yeah. That's fine. That's a, it's a super bestseller. I just saw him also on a night show. Um, From Here to Equality by William Sandy is another one. Mm. Um, okay. That's, that's excellent. Cool. So, okay, we are down to our last couple of minutes. Do you, are you have, kidding? I know. <laughs> Do you have maybe one more thing that you want to tell us that we that would be helpful for us as white sisters in Christ to do to to help level the playing field and mm -hmm. and do the right thing and stand mm -hmm. up for for justice. Right. Um, inclusion. Inclusion. Good. Um, I should be included yep. in, in everything. Right. Right. Um, thinking about, thinking about what we say, what we do. Good example, quick in publishing my new book, uh, A Woman God Can Bless is actually out this month. Well, August, August 24th, it launches, okay. right? The company, you know, um, is Harambe uh, Press is doing it. Now, when I first got the cover, right, they asked me about the cover. I sent them a picture, you know, with kind of a uh, collage of women's uh, faces. I got the first cover back and there were more white women than black women on the cover. Now, okay. would you have done that right? <laughs> with, with a white woman's cover? No. You know, or, or what, you know, it's just, if I were included though, right. in every area of a publishing house, I'm not talking about as an author of this one book, right. but if I were included in the marketing section of the publishing house, in the, you know, all in the editing sections, every, every area of whatever I'm looking at, right? We have to have participation. Right. Right? We have to be the face of the company too. Yep. yep. Not just helping out. Or a token. Right. Or not, yeah. Or not just helping out and then you go along about your business, you know, and make your money and move away. No. Right. Yep. Our faces need to be included. Right. And our voices need to be heard. Amen. Right? Amen. Yeah. So that's what I would say. So. <laughs> So what, just a, a closing thought mm -hmm. that would be good for us to ponder. I know you brought it up earlier, but if you yeah. want to put the background of that. 
Yeah, but one of my life verses uh, is to stir people up. <laughs> so that's, that's Ephesians 10, 24, right? Let us consider one another yeah. um, in order to stir up love and good works. And right. that's not, what we're doing not here. Stir up, not stir up contention and chaos and hatred like the world likes to do. Right. But, but in order to stir up good works, we might have to stir up yep. some, some discomfort in order to realize, oh, wait, I've been doing that? Yeah. I've been saying that? That's really? Is yep. that how that hits you? It might not be what you mean from the inside. Yeah. Right? And I'll, I'll, I'll give that. Right? Sometimes it is. <laughs> okay. And we don't but, even realize it. Right. Because yep. it's been so inbred. Yep. So yep. we have to do a lot of unbraiding. Mm. Um, and then be willing to be uncomfortable while you're doing it because yes. we have some repenting to do, whether it's just ignorance or just that attitude that we didn't even realize has been bred into us by, right. you know, I mean, I, I remember my dad saying, I don't want you going out with that guy because he was black. Right. And, I mean, fortunately I resisted. I was a rebel. So <laughs> I've always loved my black friends, you know, yeah. so it's never been an issue for me. But I, I, I know there have been times where I have not stood up and said something when I see something wrong. And, exactly. and that's wrong. Right. And that in any case, but, you know, right now we're talking about, you know, the black-white issue. We need, we need a lot of, um, like you said, repentance, but a lot of understanding in this country about what has gone on. Yeah. You know, and why things are the way they are today so that we can unlearn it, you know, and trust because by, you know, by and large, like black people don't trust white people. Right. And <laughs> rightly so. Golly. And then, so you want to, we, and the church is the place that ought to be exactly. at the forefront of of the whole thing yep you know because we know what love is right because we know jesus yeah so let's consider one another to stir one another up to love and good works amen miss sharon it's so good to see you it's you been too. way too long i know amen well know. thank you so much for spending some time with us today and being part of this conversation and Boy, it was good. And now I can see why it was so difficult to get our time working right. out. The enemy was, would have been happy for us to not do this. Right. Amen. Well, thank you, my friend. You're welcome. You're welcome. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful. Or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as, you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>